0: Hey guys, as always, the Psy Characters Podcast are not experts. These are just our own personal opinions and experiences. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Psy Characters Podcast, a podcast about diversity and nerd culture. I'm Jordan.
1: I'm Leah. And with us today, we have a guest, my friend and yours, Marianne! Hello! Everybody clap. clap,
0: clap. You can't ever just do like a normal intro for
1: people. (laughs) No, I can't! (laughs) It's possible. Hello
0: and welcome to the show, Marianne. How are you doing? Hi
2: doing okay a little tired
0: yeah as we all talk like yeah i stayed up till 3 a.m oh i stayed up till 2 a.m It's like yeah we're doing i'm the only
1: normal person and i stayed up
0: until (laughs) one i'm the the normal person who's only stayed up till one not like these other (laughs) people who went to bed an hour after me it's fine you
1: were just I'm missing the wine, it. Leah. <laughs> you just I, needed yes. wine. Yeah, like... Exactly. Well, that was me two nights ago, so it's fine. <laughs> we're all living in a pandemic. It's fine. We're allowed to be
0: this way. <laughs> we're li- we're so... living in a nightmare. Anyway, speaking of nightmares, this is not the proper segue, but uh, we just want to start out by not giving our labels again, since we have a guest on. And, <laughs> and I <laughs> and oh and so I'm going to start and with my labels. Words. What are you saying, Leah?
1: nothing i'm just making fun of you yeah that's Continue. what
0: don't talk when i'm talking anyways so, <laughs> so um start with labels I'll, as always i am an african-american cis straight male in his late 20s i have to yeah. say late I,
1: now yeah i know i'm also in my late 20s i am a white woman um a lgbt plus uh am i forgetting anything no you're i good. feel like cis Technically, yes, that fits into that. Um,
0: I feel like that's not even a technically.
1: I don't just, I'd kill me now. I hate myself. Okay. (laughs) This is, keep going. This is is perfect
0: for the mental health episode where we start just like, ah, kill me now. I hate myself. It's like, we're doing great. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) Mary Hi.
2: (laughs) Uh, So I'm a Filipino Canadian, uh, parents were immigrants. Uh, What am I missing here? I'm cis, straight, female. Did I
0: get everything? Yep, that is everything. Yeah,
2: oh. cool.
1: <laughs> Sweet.
0: Okay, and so now here is the actual hard-hitting question, the one that's going to probably trip you up, but Marianne... The like,
1: one that gets us the Nobel... Not the Nobel, the Pulitzer Prize for journalism.
0: What kind of <laughs> nerd media are you into?
2: Hmm. So mostly off the top of my head, like... uh Gaming is probably, like, the number one thing I consume in terms of media. Um, you are welcome Books to and TV shows. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so mostly video games. Um some books and some TV shows as well. Nice.
0: Okay. Where did
1: you get your start? Actually, a, hold on, Where hold on, hold on. Get...
0: Let's na- name <gasps> one of each that, like, just <laughs> comes, first thing that comes to your mind, a game, a book, and a TV show.
1: Oh,
2: okay. So this is probably, like, off of proximity because these are the closest things, like, for examples. But video game, Legend of Zelda, holy crap. Right. Um, book, I'm currently reading his Dark Materials. So that's, like, I'm on Classic. the last book. Yeah, so that's what comes to mind. Uh, and show I like recently fell in love with the Shira
1: reboot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I have still
0: fun. yet to watch it. it. Is still on my it's Netflix list, burning a oh, hole. It's so
1: good. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It is so good. Um, how did you get into like the nerddoms? How like what is your earliest memory with like something nerdy?
2: My earliest memories, and like I don't know which one came first but when I was younger like um we got like a, a lot of my stuff was like hand-me-down because we immigrated to Canada when I was like two and a half um mm-hmm. and one of our family friends had given us um an SNES I think oh, yes um and it was broken like we got it like broke she gave it to us because they were like well we can't use it anymore and like your dad is like handy with this kind of stuff so he actually ended up fixing it And we had it for like a good year and I would come home like from kindergarten play like a Super Mario Bros. Um, And then it like just one day it just like poofed. Like it didn't work. Oh no. Um, Yeah. And like my dad got interested in it too. So for my, I don't remember which birthday, but he got me a PlayStation 1. Oh, nice. Um, Yeah. So many nights when I was a kid, like playing PlayStation. Um, So that's kind of where it like all started. And then I met like, you know friends who were super into it and that kind of just fueled the flames
1: of nerddom <laughs> nice jordan you have any more nerdy questions before i continue no
0: i was just gonna add as like i remember when we had the nes and sns my parents had actually bought the game systems for themselves like to play <gasps> and then it just like oh, that's amazing by proxy, we just kind of took over it. I kind of, in hindsight, feel slightly bad. It's like, oh, yeah, we bought, like, to play Mario on, and now our kids are not letting us play ever again, so. Those
1: damn kids. <laughs> those those damn actually... kids stealing our nerdom. <laughs> it didn't happen until later, but the Switch that now belongs, or now is in Jordan's possession. You mean the Wii. Uh, that, I meant the Wii. I meant the Wii. I meant the Wii. <laughs> uh, the Wii and the GameCube I had before that. That are now in Jordan's possession. At least the Wii is, and the games for the GameCube. Uh, my dad bought for himself, yeah. and Aww. then I took them. And then I was like, "Do you still want them? Because mm-hmm. someone else will make use of them because they're in North America." So, mm-hmm. yeah. I- but yeah, <laughs> uh, Marianne, I was going to ask. So, yeah. so why, why, why are you here? What? How do you know us? How do you
2: know How me? How do I know you? How do I know you? We went to university together. And yeah. I
1: literally just met Jordan like 45 ago. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes.
0: And we just met like seconds ago. So.
1: <laughs> but also have talked about you, you both to each other. So semi-knowledge on that front. <laughs> but yeah. Um... I think I just want to tell the story of that Marianne and I have, have, were a nerdy group together because that was something that while well, I had in high school with like Jordan and stuff, I really got off like I was missing that in when I got to my undergrad. And then I joined band, uh, a Symphonic band club, and found a bunch of nerdy people. and oh my God, were we nerdy together. And then my last year of university, we made the spontaneous decision to go to the Montreal Comic-Con together and paid for like pictures to took pictures with Jason Momoa. It was great and oh, it was Josh okay, K and it was so nice. It was so it was so wonderful. It was great. Yeah. Best decision we ever made in a library. <laughs> oh my god, yes. This is yeah. Jason
0: Momoa before he was Aquaman.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and he was hilarious and I still think based on those interviews he had that he should be in comedies more. Like he's great. He's very funny. So yeah.
0: But this is not the Jason Momoa podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> Leah, so what are we talking about today?
1: We're talking about mental health. Yeah. Fantastic. Everybody's mental health. It's so good right now. This year has taken a toll on everyone's mental health, and we kind of want to talk about like our own and like where we think me nerddom has been with it and where we're going with it and where we would like it to go, particularly like gonna keep this episode episode happier on the lighter note because we've been you know we like to rotate in and out so i want to keep it on the happier note
0: because jordan just went through the 2020 election and it's still going yeah. on
1: mm. God. we all that's been a thing for us it's... it also just like what's the thing describing our own mental health experiences the number of people i know who, who however many weeks ago is it two weeks now yep were, couldn't do anything for that entire week don't worry, you're not alone. Everyone couldn't do anything. It's wonderful. So, talking about mental health, I just want to like we. I think we want to highlight a little bit of our own mental health, so you know where we're at, because we're not talking from a place that we're going to talk from our own place of uh, experience and what we've had. So, I am part of the classic crew of academics who have issues with their mental health. Woo! So, if you don't know, academia has a really high rate of mental health issues. It's a big problem that universities do not like to address and underfund. Funny because they often study people with mental health problems. It's great. Um, so I have anxiety and depression and um, ADHD as well, which throws into that fact and um, generally means that I'm I'm on medication for it and uh, struggle with you know all sorts of stuff related to anxiety and. With my work and all that type of stuff. And it's affected my life. So I just want to give you guys all a little perspective on where it is to be Leah. Be open about that shit. So next. Nice? Get away from me. <laughs> Stop talking about me.
0: <laughs> I, I do like just like personally just seeing you flail sometimes. But uh, uh, you yeah, probably it, feel the it, same it when I do the exact same thing. But it's really fun to see if, to see you flail.
1: what a beautiful friendship i just don't you know know how to end things it's a it's a thing i've come to realize this year when i record online (laughs) online lectures and presentations where literally i this is a random story and probably will get cut uh i recorded an online presentation for a workshop and ended with thank you for listening bye (laughs) and (laughs) just stopped it it was the worst it was the worst thing.
0: I just so awkward. I just imagine thank you for listening by you hang up and then immediately dive under your desk. just no, it's okay. Uh,
1: it was me racing to hit the button on uh, on OBS it was like ah! that
0: is so funny so. okay
1: but yeah. Gives you an eye into my anxiety-ridden state and guilt-ridden state as
0: okay. usual. I'm, I'm okay. going to have to put you out of mm. your misery. So, Marietta, yeah. would you like to talk about your experiences with mental health?
2: Sure. So, like Leah, I'm also in the academic world. Um, and like she's already said, like many of my colleagues and friends um, struggle with some mental health issues. Um and I am both lucky and perhaps a bit unfortunate because of our circumstances that so many people that I know are, are struggling with that. Um, I am actually lucky to be around people who are very accepting of that. Um, it's helped me come, come to terms with a lot of what I've been dealing with. Um, and like I said, I mean, I've known Leah since uh, we were in undergrad yeah. together. So she has been a big support, but a little bit, I guess, of background for me. So I am a PhD student. I study uh, music education um, uh, to do with actually mental health um, and music psychology. So my background is that uh, during my master's, I did not have a good time. um, And I actually went to counseling slash therapy and was told I had situational depression. and anxiety uh, and recently that has kind of changed uh, to, yes, I have GAD now and um, mild clinical depression. So right now where I'm at is that I'm trying to find, um, I guess I'm in a weird like transitionary point where I guess my treatment and like how I deal with it needs to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of exploring that and, you know, it's been it's been frustrating, unfortunately, I'm trying yeah. to navigate um the healthcare system for for mental health which i mean when you don't when you feel like
1: shit it's really yeah. hard to be on top of like trying, trying to, to make, find out trying to make doctor's appointments when you suffer from depression is my god the worst oh yes yes a hundred percent also feel you on the uh master's front i feel like i feel like many if academics are listening to this or you know people who are going through a master's, take your time to check in on them because I myself also had my big, I basically broke down after I finished my mm-hmm. master's and had to go live with my parents for a bit. And that's when I went on medication. is yeah. Take your time to mm-hmm. check in on your master's students.
2: Yeah. And I think it can be difficult too, because the shift between undergrad and graduate is quite large. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, in some in some ways it's nice because you actually do get to pursue, you know, not your like you have to take course A, B, and C to like graduate I and mean, la di da. Like you actually get to, you know, cater your schooling to what you want to do, but at the same time you're surrounded by all these people who seem to have their shit together. And I use yeah. seem because none of us do. <laughs> none of
1: us do. Absolutely none of
2: us do. <laughs> so uh, imposter syndrome is a huge yeah. thing in academia. Mm-hmm. You never feel like you never feel like you actually know your crap absolutely yeah Yeah. so happy
0: (laughs) times okay so me kind of bookending and ending this little section um so unlike the two of you guys i am not an academic i um did my four years in undergrad well four and a half years in undergrad and i got the hell out of there there is like the thought of maybe doing some grad work but that's a little far off especially after hearing this last five minutes of it's a living hell
1: well (laughs) also we are in different fields I people who are in sciences have a very different experience in academia just saying I do know that for a fact imposter syndrome still there but how you do the Mm -hmm. education itself is very different at a master's level for hard sciences so I Can't speak to their own experiences and how it adapts to them. So,
0: okay. Anyways, what I was
1: discouraged.
0: (laughs) Um, but yeah, unlike you guys, I am not um an academic. But my depression actually came very early on in life. Like, I guess as long as I can remember, I have been depressed. I got majorly bullied on all fronts through from i would say third grade all the way up until like sophomore year of high schools when like i went to a public school in sophomore year of high school so i kind of got away from the bullying but that kind of left a huge negative effect on me constantly feeling like i am not good enough like i am like pretty much what other people have said that i am there's a little bit of the imposter syndrome every time i do something I'm um, big, like, you know, graduate with um, an engineering, uh, mechanical engineering degree. I feel like it's like, did I truly deserve it type of thing? Um, but yeah, just so um been in and out of therapy since I was a kid for like both anger management, depression, stuff like that. And then um, college is when I tried to do um, therapy again, but not the greatest experience with that and just kind of increased. But um, with the depression, trying like the last few years, I've been really trying to get a hold of the mental health and um, on antidepressants on that stuff. But it's it's been a fun, I guess, what twenty year journey of mental health for me. So yeah um let's just say i'm a basket case but the thing that does help a lot with the mental health is nerd media escapism is an art form and it has kind of helped and that's kind of what the basis of this podcast is is nerd media and escapism so i guess i wanted to kind of lead into the true conversation talking about mental health but like how have you guys seen mental health portrayed in media
1: Start out by saying that we've talked about one of my hate my one that I hate the most on another episode where we talked about horror tropes, which is like the mm-hmm. psych, 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 psychiatric hospital, the evil mental mm-hmm. institution. And I think it goes along with that is just like seeing we like the Western world has an obsession with serial killers and all that stuff. And it has led to there being a really like horrible portrayal of people with mental health issues being psychotic killers and it's that weird it's the it's equating something that everyone with mental health issues has the potential to be a psychotic killer or a terrorist rather than what it is that a small percentage of people who are psychotic or who are killers are suffering from it like it's not the same thing and it's not the only reason and it's not an excuse and but it that tends to be for me the biggest thing that pisses me off about media is seeing is seeing that.
2: Yeah, I agree. Like, I think I've seen it used before, and like uh, the the example that comes to mind are the amnesia games where it actually becomes like a game mechanic, like your your sanity yes. level. <laughs> hmm. um, yeah, which is, I mean, take that as you will. But um, I think it plays into what Leah had said um too and i think in my experience with a lot of uh the media that i have chosen to consume mental health ends up being like a hurdle that someone needs to pass and that's like their defining thing is that you win one battle or you lose one battle it's not one battle when you're living with it it's many and you need to like learn how to deal with that um and i think like one of the one of the most angering portrayals that i have seen and i'm a little bit late to the mark here because the show came out like years ago but um i had actually tried to watch all of 13 reasons why
1: oh yeah
0: i've heard some stories about that one
2: (laughs) yeah it was um i think the thing that angered me the most is um that i don't know what like i've never read the book so i don't know if it's different from that but the portrayal that kind of angered me was that suicide was kind of seen as a a revenge yeah. yeah like she got treated so poorly like haha ha, now you have my death on your hands which
1: that's oh. not that's not how that that's not at all how that works and mm-hmm.
2: i i, it,
0: and I yeah. think that heavily sorry just to really kind of go off on a tangent on that really quick. i guess it heavily mm-hmm. deals with how media likes to portray things in the it's because it's the thing that has happened when someone commits suicide they leave a note and like here is what happened but i guess the portrayal of it is like you are the exact cause and this situation is the exact cause and that's why it comes off as like a revenge it's like the way that they show to the show was like you're the reason that i killed myself and i'm going to make you realize and suffer for that and i think that's a extremely (laughs) negative way of showing it it's like like suicide as a weapon
1: Mm-hmm. That's And that's also, like, often not the case, is you, you don't know. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't and know. I will
2: say, yeah, like, I'll say, too, like, um, I guess we'll go into this, like, further on into the, the talk that we have, but um, oftentimes I think in media it's portrayed as, like, this negative thing, which oftentimes it is. Like, all three of us just said that, yeah. you know, we struggle to some degree with the things that we struggle with. Um, So, yes, it can be harrowing. It can be, like, you know, you have to face these things. Um, But at the same time, I, like, know so many people who are so resilient, so smart, so hopeful about Mm -hmm. the ways in which they deal with their mental health. And I feel like that side of things is not accurately portrayed
1: yet in the media. I can think of a few examples, but not think I think that, like, yeah, for me, a thing that pisses me off is that it's often... As you said, like, it's a hurdle to get over. It's, it's, it's treated like a quest that you finish. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, someone close, like, I, the only example I'm, like, I'm using this as an example is someone close to you has died and now you have to get over their death. And I think that's, like, just considering the number of people I know who have talked to me about someone passing that they, they... Will apologize for some odd reason about feeling down months later, and I'm like, "What? Like, particularly too, I have a lot of friends who have had very into like close relationships with animals, like particularly mm. who are considered part of their families. And people often talk to me about that because my family and myself like have a very deep connection with animals. We we do a lot with animal um, advocacy, and I." all the time they'll apologize for feeling sad about a pet passing and they're just like and i'm like why stop that's it's a continual thing that hits you at point in one one grief is different for everyone and that's a part of mental health is that grief and mental health portrays itself different for everyone but it's also like a, a continual it's a continual fight with yes you may have like points where you're like yes i got over this hurdle like yes i finally got out of bed for the first time in a week like that's an achievement it's an achievement to do that but it's also like it's something that you continually struggle with which is something that i think media tends to either have a person be like like it's their single defining trait is that they're Mm -hmm. negative or it's like something that the hero has to just get over and become happy and fix themselves Mm -hmm. so yeah and i'm struggling to come up with examples so well
0: i i think that is like i was also going to mention that as well but like that is extremely detrimental for the portrayal of mental health and i know based on what leah said like leah has multiple times yelled at me for apologizing for having um episodes of depression and things like that because like the way you're shown mental health especially through the media like is that it's one hurdle and you get over it and then it's never something that you go back to and affects you again. Like it's kind of like you find your magic here and it's done. And I know that's had an effect on me. Cause like seeing that, it's like, Oh, I should be able to get over it and be quote unquote normal. It's also, it's also, I guess shown as being, Like, this thing that only happens to certain people and, like, always in the extreme case. Like, we get, like, the person who has, like, depression, so therefore they start seeing, um... So basically, their depression turns into schizophrenia. It turns into multiple personality disorder. And because they had this one traumatic experience, now they've gone crazy and maybe they accidentally murdered someone or maybe they like lean into it and become the villain. But it's always this extreme case. You don't really see like a character's like, oh, I have depression, and this is just like I'm just having a bad week because it's weighing heavily, but that doesn't completely define my character, and that doesn't completely define who I am. It's never really that side of it. It's always like the extreme case. Mm
1: -hmm. It's exactly that, and I'm like trying to come up with examples in my head, and it's hard to come up with examples because... Because, but it's just like we're all nodding our heads like you can't see these people but we're all nodding our heads to Jordan's thing because we know that this is so prevalent anyways mm-hmm. well I mean
0: like half of the examples that are in my head right now are horror movies or like suspense thrillers where the person had like a traumatic thing and then suddenly they're killing someone at the end of it it's there's a lot of like stuff I'll like read watch and like play will be that type of idea of like the, the extreme case but the other like portrayal that i guess i've seen is like the abc family like the um the the, like oh i have depression but i'm so pretty and wonderful it doesn't actually affect me it's like what
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah the other side too is the one that like i think this is almost too real it's the reality version which is the idea that someone who has depression can have good days too (laughs)
0: <laughs> you, you're you allowed to be happy sometimes odd. what
1: or that or that you like like people are like starting to acknowledge that okay it's an invisible thing it's like but you have depression how are you out and laughing how are you laughing right now and it's like yeah
2: i think like just to add to what you just said leah like it i think that's probably one of the hurdles one of the most common hurdles that i like encounter when i'm trying to because i'm 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 completely open With my situation and if like people have questions i'm happy to answer them but like i think that's some of the that's one of the things that is super hard to describe to other people who may not go through that where it's like yeah i mean like i i can be happy like it's i'm happy right now but there's always that kind of twinge of i'm a little bit low yeah yeah and trying to explain that to someone who might not have first-hand experience is... It's it's definitely odd. Like, even saying it, it's like, well, that shouldn't make sense. But, you know, there are so many people who live
1: with that reality. Well, and, and- it's also it also can be a mask. It can be that mm-hmm. I, I'm much better... Like, I don't... There are times where I don't, like... I push myself. I'm an extroverted introvert. But it's also entirely a skill. It's practiced. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a thing that I put on that I force myself when I'm in a new place or when I have to do stuff that I I force myself to go out and be talkative. And I do it less now because I'm older mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't feel like I have to put up with anybody's shit, but I'm, I'm pretty good at it. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of people who have mental health issues become, are forced to become good at just being like, I feel like shit, but I'm in this mm-hmm. place anyways because I have to be here because people required of me and then when you show them that and then when people you ask they ask how you are and you're like i i feel like crap they're like you don't look like it. and i'm like well fuck you i don't care like mm-hmm. that's, that's actually how i feel even if i have a smile on my
2: face mm-hmm. it's like that image of like oh if you're depressed like you should just be crying in the corner like all the time <laughs> uh no mm-hmm. <laughs> and just before i forget like something you said jordan at the beginning of like your last like uh blurb like really hit me in terms of like what recovery or like coping actually look like. I remember like after two years of counseling, which coincided with my master's, um, you know, at the end of it, I felt hopeful. Uh, And I was like, you know what, I'm definitely in a better place than when I was like, quote unquote, diagnosed uh, with the situational depression stuff. But then, you know, six months later, I, for lack of a better word, relapsed, and I felt Terrible. I felt like there was something wrong because, mm-hmm. like, with me, I like continuously asked myself, like, what the fuck is wrong with
0: yep, me? been there.
2: But yeah, that's not what recovery looks like. It's not that you like magically, as you said, like there's no magic cure. It's something that you learn to deal with, and as you change, as your situation change, so does the way that you're supposed to approach, like your recovery.
0: I, I guess a way of saying it is like depression isn't the hero's quest. You don't go on a journey, defeat mm-hmm. the dragon and then you're good and happy with the princess. Like, it is an, it, it can be an ongoing thing. Like, mental health is something that is going to be with you the, yeah, yeah, words! Yeah. But <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> So, so I, oh god, I, I don't know if I should talk about this now. Or, say it. Say what but you I need just to had an image, I had an image I had an image that popped into my head now as a decent descriptor of so in a lot of fantasy where they use magic, including Dragon Age Inquisition, oh which Jordan is currently yes. playing. Um, there's this idea <laughs> that the um, you get your power from things, usually demons in other realms. And that leads to this connection in your brain between you and these demons. And often these demons try and take over your brain. And you are in a continual struggle mm. anytime you use magic to be able to keep control of it. And it's a mental exercise that people exercise every single day. And I actually think that's probably the Closest you can get to how mental health should be portrayed is that it's a continual struggle that magic users have to do in addition to just living their goddamn lives is this Mm -hmm. continual struggle in the background where they they have to deal with the demon who's trying to take over their mind and like that's that's kind of what it is that mm -hmm. that's kind of what it is at least i would be more
0: okay with my depression if i got to shoot fire out of my hands like wouldn't that be great? It's like, oh I'm having yeah, such same. a bad week, but ah! <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Yeah,
2: same I'm I'm totally with <laughs> you on like,
0: that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like sadness would be so great if I could summon lightning. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. That would that would be that would be well, fantastic. And and I
0: guess kind of yeah. moving on, and like one thing that I have noticed and like in writing these notes that we kind of It kind of hit really hard for me was that you see a lot of the depression in media, like especially I I watch a lot of anime, and one thing that pops up a lot in anime is like that one kind of like sullen, like depressed character who through the power of friendship, like they're no longer (laughs) depressed by the end of the series. But you see a lot of portrayals of mental health, like you know, and struggles with mental health, but you never truly see the treatment of it and i guess i guess do you guys have that same experience like seeing a lot of like mental health portrayals of like schizophrenia whatever but never seeing that character or whatever get help
2: yeah a hundred percent and like one of the again i'm gonna go back to like 13 reasons why because like uh in the you know in the series like she does multiple times try the the main character tries to seek help for mental health and like it's just this Like it's just so difficult and like Leah and I were talking about in the beginning after we did our introductions like when you're not in a good headspace That is a thousand times harder Especially if there are hurdles in your way, and I feel like Yeah, you're right. Like, you know, there's always this whole this is a struggle This is something that we have to deal with. It's a demon that we have to conquer But it's never really shown how that's done except from like sheer force of will yeah. And like inner strength of character where it's like, okay, so if you lose this battle, your inner character is trash. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, there are days when you win and there are days when you lose. But I feel like that kind of dichotomy or that balance is not shown.
1: It's also something that you can't just deny as part of you going back mm-hmm. to my demon in your brain thing. How can you separate who you are as a person by being like, oh, it's the demon in my brain, when in actuality you've been living with this demon in your brain for your entire life, and so does that actually, does it not deserve to have the same equation? Like, I still think, like, it's, it's a complicated relationship, because there are times when I'm like, you have to recognize that it's your chemical imbalance in your brain that is doing it, mm-hmm. and it's not who you are. That is true, but you also cannot blame it for actions that you take, if impacting other people because mm-hmm. you have to recognize that it is a part of who you are and that it's something that you live with. And it's not like, it's like, well, I want because people have had this all the time where they're like, I want you without your depression. Well, that's not going to happen because that comes with me. It's a package that's, deal.
2: That's such a sad statement too. It's like, Oh, so like I'm completely fine if I wasn't sad all the time.
1: Yeah. And right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's incredibly frustrating, but it's just i'm just thinking of like i read a lot of shoujo manga at, at or at least i used to a lot read a lot of shoujo manga and in that they there's a lot of like very quiet girls who like have to get out of their shell or like will have past past trauma like some of them do actually have past usually sexual assault trauma um hmm. And it's like usually done through the boyfriend is the one who helps fix it um, or stuff like that. And uh, it's just it pisses me off all the time that this is what they choose. Like that they that's how they do it is that it's like, oh, yeah, just through friends and stuff like that. It's fixed. And and a lot of times that's that's like in a real world situation. No, that's that's not helpful. It's not it's not productive to show this as well because like i own i had my own stigmas as well that like i was all for therapy but i really didn't want to do medication because like mm-hmm. i knew that they were over prescribed and like all this stuff and my friend was like and then i talked to friends who were like yeah like all of our friends are on it and i was like oh Oh, this is something I can do. Like, it's, oh, yeah, that's, oh, maybe I should be doing both. Like, it's a combo effect of, like, doing both. And it's just, you can't just power through. Some, sometimes you can't power through with just talking it out. That's that's mm-hmm. not how that can always work. So, yeah, there's one specifically, I can't remember the name. It's, I know the English name is And Say I Love You, where I really liked that one because it was different because the female character was very quiet And just did her own thing and people didn't try and change her from doing her own thing and that was nice that was really nice to see and that was very different than most of the other ones it was in it and and they showed a lot of her thinking in her own head and like how she didn't like how some of the things in her relationship changed and she was like I'm not I'm uncomfortable I remember there was a scene where she was just uncomfortable with who she was and how she was Mm -hmm. acting I was like, oh, wow, do people rarely talk about this in mangas when characters actually like, I don't like with what I'm doing currently. Unless it's jealousy. They always talk about jealousy. But if the, other than that, if it's like actual actions and how that was. Yeah. I, anyway, sorry. No, when no, Rainbow no, that's fine. <laughs>
0: like through you talking about all of that, I just I realized kind of a trope. Well, two tropes that are in a lot of anime and. Actually might be just in media in general. Like first again, the power of friendship one like saves you from like all of the wrongdoings of your life. But um I, I, I notice another one and it's actually in, in something I watched recently where it's that like kind of the, the badgering friend of like tell me what's wrong with you is like i'm not gonna leave until i find out what's wrong with you so i can help you type thing where it's that constant like you have like it's usually a protagonist talking to that one sullen character is like i'm going to stay here until you get better type thing like forcing them to open up and i think that's like to me like a very negative way of portraying it where it's just like it's not like if someone's going to open up about their mental health that's on them it's not you telling them they have to and i know that's one trope that like exists is like Mm -hmm. i'm i'm the main character so therefore i can solve your depression for you Mm
2: -hmm. and i think like on the flip side too that's like potentially you know really dangerous and negative just because it's like it shouldn't be on one Mm -hmm. person like it's 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 a huge like team effort which is why yes like friendship is magic <laughs> but like also a lot of it is like your own agency and like it is unfair to rely on you know just one person whether it be your partner your best friend like your mom your dad whoever like that's a lot on their shoulders um and i think yeah. that you know like uh, and i i mean i know we had this kind of on the schedule but i would like to see more of The caretaker's point of things. Just because they play such an important Mm -hmm. role. They shouldn't be expected to shoulder the burden. But also, you know, it's hard for them. Like, depression and anxiety doesn't just affect... And other mental health. I I say those two just because they're salient for me. But it doesn't just affect that one person who's fighting it.
1: Yeah. It affects everyone around them. I would love to see. The one... Going on that, I thought about this beforehand. When you, when, when we were talking about this episode beforehand, when you brought that up, the one thing I would love to see happen once is for a character to say, "I can't handle this today.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm not
1: gonna. I can't do this." Because that's something that t- has taken. All right. Has, since we're being open, me and Jordan both suffer <laughs> have mental health issues, and it took me a. It's taken me a long time. Not saying it's just you, Jordan. It's with all my friends to be able to say. I'm telling you because I do yeah. tell you this, and we have these I'm interactions. Is tell that tell to this. be able to <laughs> say. I can't I can't do this right now oh. mm-hmm. and it's and I'm and I'm very much a mother hen and there are so many mother hen characters in shows that I like and respect but it turns into that character characteristic almost like we talked about previous that happens with the genki girl which is uh that's the uh tracer like character Marianne who's like overly enthusiastic who never mm. gets talked about anything else about how she's doing it's the same happens with mother hens where it's like they should not have to take this on. Like, mm-hmm. you you are allowed to say no. You are allowed to to be like, I can't do this today. If you want me to continue, like, if you want me to continue being supportive, I need to not support you today. Because mm-hmm. that's, it's just not going to happen. And I would love to see that happen once. Where, mm-hmm. it's, where it's like, okay, yeah. Because it also would lead to interesting situations. I would like that situations of forcing characters to find their own coping mechanisms and like because that's something i i as well like am personally working on is i do rely on others and i think it's really good to like it's good to reach out and help and find others but i also want to improve the ways that i personally can deal with panic attacks and other Mm -hmm. things on my own and that's taken, like, having a strong support network for me to be able to do that myself. And it, it, it provides interesting opportunities for situations and stuff like that for characters to be able to feel like, okay, how do I look inwards and and deal with this? Which would be mm-hmm. very interesting to me to see.
0: Um, So I guess that's interesting things for me to see in it would be, like one thing is like if a character can't handle one thing one day doesn't mean they're no longer a friend or they're no longer going to try to be there for you and i think that's something that's never really shown it's either like they're always there or then they have a moment and then they're never there again it's like we don't get the time where it's like yeah. no i just can't today let's i but i still love you still there for you but i i guess mm-hmm. like yeah the power friendship like having friends and having people there for you like mental health sometimes it is like it takes a village to use the phrase of raising a child It it, like a lot of people like it takes a lot of people to help and like it's not just dependent on the one friend like your protagonist isn't going to be the one who saves the like depressed character but like Mm -hmm. it also i I, i'm saying a lot of words (laughs) but but also i guess it would be to the the idea like a one thing i would like to see is like that protagonist who's like saving the person with depression or whatever i would like them to realize that like it's not their sole responsibility and then also that they can take the time to um basically um deal with themselves because mm-hmm. yeah. that, that's like yes. two things we don't ever yeah. see we don't ever see like a character it's like oh it's not well i mean we do i have examples in my mind i can't think of the names of them but you do see it sometimes where it's like okay mm-hmm. i i cannot be the sole one to save the, i'm it's not my responsibility to save this person and then you don't really I, see them like yeah. oh shit maybe there's some stuff on my side that i need to fix too if i'm thinking i'm the constant savior
1: I have an example. I just, I I wrote it down earlier and I, this is the perfect point to talk about it. So in Stardew Valley, one of the characters you can romance is Shane. And Shane has clearly has issues with depression and alcoholism. And I believe if I'm remembering this correctly, that there's a scene where he like breaks down and is like, I need time. And then you offer to talk to him later and that you like, I'm here when you need me. I believe there's a point in that storyline where that, where it's like, I was really happy with that portrayal because it's a subject that's never dealt with in anything that has any sort of dating aspect. But like a large part of his cutscenes was helping him realize that he was in an, like, or that him, not helping him realize, but seeing him go through these, this realization personally, and then offering to help and then stepping back. And then when you gain more hearts, that's when you have the cutscene of like, hey, I'm ready to talk about it now. Yeah. And yeah, I think I'm remembering that quite correctly. I hope I am. But yeah, that was a good one to see in that where it's like they use the mechanic of that heart that it comes every couple hearts to be able mm-hmm. to be like, hey, I'm here for you. Come to me when you need it. And then have that scene later on, mm-hmm. which I think is very important to show that it's, it doesn't always happen instantly. It takes I have- setting that foundation up of being like your main character going hey i'm here i'm here to talk to you and then working that relationship and being like someday potentially that character will open up to you Mm -hmm. that's great
2: i think i have like two things to add to that too like i from what you guys just both said like there is a thing that i have been trying to keep in the back of my mind recently because i think like all of us here to one degree or another i'm not sure like um, what your personal experiences have been. But, um, as people who do struggle with mental health, I think sometimes we're put in the position where we are the people who are getting helped and we are the people who are trying to help mm-hmm. other yep. people. So we are the care receivers and the caretakers. Yes. Um, and something that I've been trying to, I don't know, I guess, be kind to myself about is that, um, in my trying to help someone, whether or not they choose to use the tools that I offer or what their journey may look like is not a reflection on myself as a human being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think people who do choose to help people kind of run the gamut sometimes of putting a lot of self-worth on like that. And I think it's really beautiful and it's really noble to want to help people. But you know, if you try and help someone And they either don't use the tools or they have a rocky journey. I think sometimes we have a tendency to kind of take that on ourselves. Like, it's my fault that they're failing. It's my fault that they, like, I didn't provide them enough. It's like, no, no, no. Like, you are providing them with so much. Yeah. And I think second to that with uh, the examples that were thrown around. One of my favorite shows in the entire world is Bojack Horseman. I was about oh, yeah. to bring
0: up Bojack yes! with the. Yes! <laughs> I was literally, it's like, I just thought of a great example with all of this. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. And I just love that the two, I mean, the, the relationship between Bojack and Diane is like one of the most complex, interesting, and also true to life, I would say. Yes. Um, Just that, like, you know, I mean, the biggest example is Bojack continuously, like, fails in his in his endeavors to to be better to get better and that's okay portraying that should be something that is seen more um but in her way of trying to help him she's had to step back she's had to be like no i can't do this anymore like it's you it has to be you like you have to take your own agency and like decide for yourself if you want to get better and i thought that was like oh my god like i'd never seen that before and that to me was so striking yeah
0: and then even in that like it wasn't like an end of the friendship like she still says Mm -hmm. that like she like loves him as a friend like i still care about you but like i cannot be the one who constantly saves you Mm -hmm. Yeah. like that's not that's not healthy for me that's not going to be healthy for you because if i'm constantly saving you and fixing your problems then you're not going to get better so i need to take a step back and i like First of all, that whole show is amazing. It's start to finish. Oh my gosh, it's just, I
1: know. <laughs>
0: it's like I would have never expected it for a show about a talking horse. <laughs> but also,
1: warning to anybody who hasn't seen it: it does get pretty heavy.
0: Oh, it gets extremely dark, heavy. So
1: make sure you come in, come in prepped. Because I know at one point I had to stop watching it because I I couldn't I couldn't do it that day. So oh
2: yeah, hundred percent. It, it is not a show you binge.
0: No, it, it is very real, and I'm glad that I watched it as it was coming out because having that year gap between each season is yeah. definitely necessary. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It, yeah.
0: It, yeah. But, it, but it's it, great show. It is amazing. It, it is. I think probably one of the more positive, like portrayals of like mental health and like his quest to be better. It lasts for seven seasons and even at the end it's like yeah but what if i relapse it's like well then you just have to try again you just have to Mm -hmm. start it again like they actually use the hokey pokey as the examples like you just turn yourself around and just keep going You like Mm -hmm. if i relapse then i'll just have to like be sober for another length of time but it's like that that was Mm -hmm. a great portrayal because it's like i said earlier it's never over yeah. You still, like, have to take care of yourself. And I, I think wow. of nerd portrayals, I think that's probably one of the better ones out there.
1: I would mm-hmm. like to talk a little bit about good examples of allies, too, a little bit more, because I have a couple that, like... So I recently we watched Into the Spider-Verse, and as I was watching it, I was pretty happy with how they portrayed Miles' parents, because Miles, they didn't really, like... His mental health isn't something that's, like, particularly talked about in the series, but his parents are just, like... Pretty decent allies in the fact that they, like... He comes home clearly in a state. His dad's like, oh, you should be at school. And his mom's like, no, no, no. No, no, no. You're staying here tonight. Like, it's... And no questions asked. As well, like, I really respected the fact that I realized halfway through the movie, because its I've seen it multiple times now, that clearly his parents have to know that he still talks with his uncle Aaron. Yeah. And his dad has a horrible relationship with him and obviously shit has gone down but they let him still hang out with him anyways which is something that i think all parents could like learn if you're not like if you can't talk about what issues you have at least let them learn to that like and take who they can from the influences that they have like that's i think that's i think that was great as well Mm -hmm another ally who i who well, i was talking about so beforehand I really quick
0: yep. on that like yep. side of like talking about miles because of course i've been playing the um, spider-man miles morales video game and i think as far as allies in that like hit, like his best friend in the game Genky, and there, there, there's a moment where like um miles's mother is i guess running for some office i forget what it is but um she's having a rally and in the last game his dad died during one of those rallies so he has like a moment of like very like he's super anxious because you know it's like oh last time there was one of these rallies my dad died something bad can happen to my mother but like his friend kind of steps in it's like no i'm here for you this whole time if anything happens it's me and you together it's like you don't have to do this alone and i thought that was a really good just like his friend was not like, oh, whatever, get over. It's not going to happen. That was one freak accident. It was like, uh, no, this is the two of us. We're here. It's like, if you need to, like, we can go backstage and see your mom. It, it was just like a very good moment. It's like, oh, this guy clearly is a good friend. Anywho.
1: And I, and I think as well, the other example I had, which I confirmed. So I watch, I watch Critical Role, like many people out there. Um, and I confirmed today with someone who is actually caught up because I am only at episode 72, of a hundred and like 18 now <laughs> of campaign two, holy crap it takes so long to catch up but i confirmed with someone who has what caught up all to date that this character still maintains their good ally status which is caduceus clay who is uh the and jaffe's character furbolg he is very wise and is basically like a stoner type character he he isn't smart but very wise and he's everybody's companion and isn't just like cool with everything he's very much like he has his principles and is willing to say to say them to people and set people straight like i i there was a episode i was watching recently where he was like um has no one experienced like the fact of people actually trusting them and that we should tell the truth and i think it's like for me that was like an interesting moment of pulling everybody's heads out of their own asses and being like take a moment to remember that you can trust other people Mm -hmm. and i like i know it's not as much related to mental health but he always is the person who tends to be the someone people can lie rely on and turn to and talk about and I, I think that's a great person to have, and especially a campaign where, like, for them, a lot of the characters are pretty messed up and have messed up past. Like, my god, do I love Caleb Widowgast, but he is a broken little boy. He's such a broken little boy. Um, uh, And, yeah, so a lot of them have issues or are naive. I know, Jordan doesn't watch Critical Role <laughs> at all.
0: And so, have no but, desire to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he's, he's a very flawed, What Caleb is a classically like flawed character with uh, a lot wrong with him and suffers from a lot of mental health issues. Like he thinks he's literally the worst. He thinks he's trash. And that's something that like Caduceus, at least from what I've seen where I am, has been working on trying to convince people that like, no, we're not horrible humans. We're not all bad people because half the party is convinced that they're all horrible people and that's like mm-hmm. he's been slowly working on them over time beating <laughs> beating into their heads the fact that they're not horrible people that they're actually doing good stuff and i think that's a that's a that's a good thing to be that he's like he, he both is willing to stand and be like i'm not okay with what we're doing right now but at, mm-hmm. at the same time is still willing over time to beat into their heads that they're they're good people
2: I think that like ties in nicely to just going back with uh, like what you said about like I don't think I'm a good person, like I'm i ter- I'm trash, blah blah blah, xyz. I think that ties into with one of my favorite quotes from BoJack Horseman which like is full of nuance and you can argue it one way or the other, but I think it's actually said by Diane where it's like there are no good or bad people in this world. We just hope that we do more good than bad. Yeah. And to me that was so impactful because I spend a lot of time like you, you know, unfortunately, like when you are struggling with mental health things or other things too, it doesn't have to be mental health, um, we might do things that if we were at 110%, we wouldn't do. And unfortunately, sometimes those actions do hurt the people around us that we care about the most. And it's really easy to get into the spiral of, oh my God, I'm trash. Like, why did I treat this person like this? And like, I'm a terrible person. And like, I shouldn't like, you know, I, I am garbage. And I think that's so—that's such a real struggle. Yes. Um, and like learning how to navigate that is is an important thing too. Like it would be nice to see uh, more characters kind of struggle with that and just you know come to terms with. You just hope that you do more good than bad because mm-hmm. we're all human. We're all gonna do like good and bad things. Um, and I guess my second example too, to add to like good allies is I recently finished uh, night in the woods. Amazing game. Yes,
0: absolutely.
2: <laughs> Um, and towards the end of it, when like, excuse the French, like shit hits the fan. Um, there's a scene where all the characters are in, uh, Greg and, and Angus's uh, apartment and may the main character is saying like, I don't know if this is my head. Like I, I have to deal with this. I have to deal with this. And Beatrice, um, says something along the lines of like, It doesn't matter if it's in your head or not. Like, we're going to get through this. And that, to me, was so impactful as well, where it was like, look, it doesn't... Like, this is something you're dealing with. It's real to you. So we're going to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean... I think, yeah. Go on.
1: Sorry, Jordan. Go.
0: No, say what you're going to (laughs) say.
1: I think that that's something that could translate well into... I'm continuing this demon example with God. the magic thing because I think it would be a good, like that would be a good way to teach people about mental health. Like it would translate well into a video game that would translate so well into a video game. is like, it doesn't matter if it's real or false. Like putting this as magic, being your own mental health could be an interesting way to introduce people to these same strategies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. The,
0: the, other thing just kind of based off a few of examples that we've kind of gone here and there the other thing that i like about well first nine of the woods bojack horseman a bunch of like the things that we've kind of mentioned is just like the, the characters that like seem like they're okay but also like they have those moments where yeah no it's like i am not okay like i have these issues Mom. like you could like we have like a lot of portrayals in media where it's like this character can do absolutely everything and then they do and they're perfectly fine and never have a moment of self-doubt ever but the thing that like stands out to me is like having a character who comes off happy who comes off like in night of the woods like May as a goofball whatever has like an issue or bojack of course but, like pretty much every single character tries to portray <laughs> themselves as being okay making these jokes to be okay but has an issue and, like i think that's a very like normal way of showing mental health because like in a lot of the portrayals is like oh you're crying in the corner that's not what having a mental health issue is you're not that issue all the time you can be a very well-adjusted person but be majorly depressed or have schizophrenia yeah. or whatever you're not like perfect and i think that's a weight way... oh that's what i want to see portrayed more is that a character can have a moment of like oh yeah no it's like i completely hate myself even though i am the superhero
2: Mm -hmm. actually Actually, just to add to this like you can take this out if this is just like drivel but (laughs) (laughs) it just reminded me of like uh i mean i got pretty much like my diagnosis changed like a couple months ago and i remember the first time i had tried to like uh you know see someone for it because i knew i knew something had changed and i knew something was wrong Mm -hmm. and i knew that like what i had been doing in the past was not working anymore um and so when i made those first steps to like try and figure out like well, what the hell is going on like I, I need to figure out like what I need to change so that like I can keep learning how to deal with this stuff um I was talking to a doctor and she was bless this woman she was so kind so sweet so understanding never asked me for like proof I think that's something we struggle with is that when we talk about these things it's like are they gonna believe me
0: yes
2: <laughs> um and she never gave me that impression ever but at the end of it all she was like sweetie you're very high functioning and I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs>
0: that is the exact same thing that was said to me. Oh, yeah, you're very high function. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. It's
2: like, oh, great. <laughs>
1: yep.
0: But then, like, just yep. again, on the same tangent, but then, like, talking to friends like, oh, I didn't know you were depressed. I'm like, how, though? Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah. how? Yeah. Well, yeah, to you it's so obvious well and it's also like it really i people who have mental health issues are known to be more empathetic
2: mm-hmm. and
1: mm-hmm. it's easier to recognize once you've seen it like it's it's easy for me to recognize it in other people because i know what i'm looking for in mm-hmm. other people and so it's yeah and and i and i personally think i'm a Quite an empathetic person, so I, I look for I look for these cues and but it really yeah. Otherwise, if you're not looking for it in another human, then you're not going to see it because mm-hmm. a lot of people are just really good at holding themselves together. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's mm, mm. and and medication medication helps, man. <laughs> Medication makes people more high-functioning and it's, <laughs> it's even harder.
0: How do you feel about <laughs> medication, Leah? It's great.
1: No. Uh, you know, it's no, I'm not for everybody. It's a long, it's a hard thing to do. But it just, yeah.
0: Yes, okay. Med- medication is a very hard thing to do. It's just, it's, I don't need to go into my long journey with it so far this year.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, I agree that it's just, I want to see this I want to see more I feel like as well for me the thing that pisses me off is a lot of like manga where you could have very interesting portrayals of this and potentially anime but definitely written word where you could in in manga that you could have inner depictions of people's inner thoughts and stuff like that and it could be done so much better. Like, I, I I, was actually, I watched, I've only seen the Netflix Beastars uh, season that they have so far, but I really, really like how they tr- portrayed um, Lagoshi's, the main wolf character's anxiety and mental anguish. Like, it was done in an artistic way, but felt very real. It was very, I could identify with it a lot as someone who is very much, like, firmly in the overthinker category, where it's just, like, it was done with a lot of lines and, like, jittery, and it was just, like, him freaking out in his own brain, and I was like, hmm, that that's a good way to depict what i go through a lot when i overthink situations and it was it was very nice to see that it's, it's very rare for manga manga and uh, anime also to talk about it though so i just mm-hmm. it would be nice to they have so much opportunity to like both express it visually and textually these things and like deal with these things in ways that would be interesting especially like shoujo they have like all this opportunity to talk about it with slice of life being an entire genre like why isn't it discussed more it would be so nice to have more complex characters than what we have like there's one uh, webtoon that I know a lot of people have issues with and I stopped reading it part way through because I got pissed off with the characters but I know from Instagram that people have issues with one true beauty which is a girl who puts on like it's more plain but wears makeup to do it and then but like everybody has gotten pissed because she doesn't have any improvement like she doesn't actually deal with her own shit like the issue that her boyfriend had never seen her true face and and it was like a hundred episodes in or something like that and it was like she's clearly not actually improving and even though that's kind of what you were sold drawn into the man the manga to read was that mm-hmm. and it's it's frustrating to see that is like you had an opportunity and you you didn't use it and instead you're giving us a a kind of bad portrayal of how to deal with someone who's dealing with body dysmorphia like Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh well anyways
0: i mean i just say fork your tongue and do what you want Hmm. so i was way too far from the mic when i said that it barely picked up but i thought that was a fun (laughs) joke So, so i think we're good to wrap up as, unless there's anything else you guys want to specifically talk about
2: should we kind that? of end with like salient examples for us that like we really liked sure in yeah. terms of yeah yeah
0: sure i will have to think of one yeah let's take the a second one that i haven't mentioned yet <laughs>
2: Well, I can actually go okay. uh, because there is one that like really stuck out to me. And like Leah knows this story pretty well, mm-hmm. um, but on the verge of sounding corny. So at the end of my two years where like I kind of first struggled with it and like was trying to come to terms and like, I, like before I would say my quote unquote relapse, um, I'd actually decided that, OK, this summer between like the end of my master's and before prepping for my PhD. Um, I'm going to finally fucking finish Breath of the Wild <laughs> and the timing for it was just like I don't know the stars aligned because for me that game will always be impactful not because it's, it's a beautiful well done game but I have never connected so hard with a video ca- game character than I did with Zelda in this yeah, yeah. Uh, iteration um, I don't know if they've ever confirmed it but to me seeing a lot of how Zelda was in the flashbacks, um, to me, it was very obvious that she had anxiety. And a lot of the things that she was struggling with mirrored what I had gone through in my Masters. And so seeing this strong, powerful figure, especially throughout the Zelda timeline, she's essentially a deity. Like, go through these things. Like, a lot of the things that she was dealing with with her father, like, you know, being told that you had to be one thing when your interests and your heart took you elsewhere um that was a really tough thing for me to deal with uh in high school when i was like living at home um is that yes i was expected to be a doctor um and that's not what i wanted to do i wanted to be in music and haha jokes on my family that like i am gonna be a doctor hopefully in like four years just not the useful kind <laughs> um, but seeing her struggle with these um, in particular two scenes really like broke me and I actually had to stop playing. Like when I when I encountered those um, cutscenes, was the one of her being reprimanded by her father on the balcony yeah. um, that hit way too hard. And the other one was her at the spring where she just gives up and asks like, what's wrong with me? And I hadn't realized it until I saw this character that I admired like ask that self of her that yes, that is a question that I continuously ask myself. Like every time I feel like I fail, even if I like do something right, I always ask like, well, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, why do I feel this way? And I think one of the most cathartic things I had seen in like video games was when she just marches off and like goes on to try and seal Ganon for a hundred years and she does it. Despite everything that like she's gone through despite all like the naysayer, she goes and she fucking does it And even at the end when link comes back they do it together Yeah, like, you know, he beats the shit out of Ganon and then she later seals him and one of the games that I'm super excited um, to play is age of calamity because it is going to be the ultimate catharsis for me if we play as her with her, like, unlocked powers and just, you know, this was a thing that she was just, just wreck shit. And, like, for me, that was such, like, a great parallel to my own struggles that, like, here was a girl who wanted to do research who was told that she, like, had to do other things and, like, never believed that she could do the thing that she was called to do. And then, you know, at the darkest possible hour, she goes and she does it. And to me, that was so real. Like, yeah. yeah. And it was just like, I will love her forever. I will defend <laughs> that character forever. Obviously, there is some leeway to like make this a bit more complex with all the things that we've talked about. But yeah, just for me, where I was in my, at my life, seeing that representation did so much for me and like my own journey with mental health
0: the end <laughs> no no i first absolutely love that game because well not not only the gameplay of being able to just literally like point in the direction and be like okay i'm just gonna go over there and see what's over there and then like find some <laughs> amazing shit but also just like everything that you said and like the characterization of zelda and all that is like amazing and th- th- they do a lot without having to shove all this down your throat, like a lot of other things will be like, "Hey, look at this cutscene. Watch it." It's like no, no, like you have to seek it out. And it, I think it's a really good way of just being a video mm-hmm. game. I guess, I guess one like an example for me would be um, the game Gris, Gris, however it's pronounced.
2: I love that game yeah. so it's, much. It's
0: very subtly about mental health, and just it was one like that i used in my own like just journey through mental health because like i was having like a really rough time and it was just one that was nice to go into this absolutely colorful world and kind of explore and just like like the whole it starts off with like all of the color being stolen from you you lose your voice and like just having to journey through this and struggle through this as you slowly put the pieces back together and then, again, have it stolen from you just to, like, do it all over again, like, kind of like a cyclical-type thing. But it's just a absolutely beautiful game and is a game that's very relaxing and not too Mm -hmm. taxing when it comes to gameplay. And I would recommend it for if Like, you just want something that you can kind of just, like, watch happen (laughs) that's a very good game Mm -hmm. to play
2: jordan i am so glad you brought up that game because again i think this is i agree a thousand percent with everything that you just said um and for me it was another like well-placed game in terms of like what i was feeling at the time because in contrast to zelda's bombastic golden (laughs) like light and her like final (laughs) showdown with like ganon i felt greedy was what i needed at the time after i came to terms with my own again, lack of a better word, relapse, mm-hmm. because for me, that was an example. Gree was an example of the quiet struggle. Yeah. You know, like there's not anything really threatening in that game, but the vibe is so real that, as you said, when the color drains, yeah. like that was kind of what I was dealing with, was this aftermath of after you do this golden bombastic fight of your life all the days in between, all the days after. That's kind of what it feels like. It's just quiet. You
0: have to just walk through it, I guess. Just daily,
2: Mm -hmm. just push
0: forward. And that's the whole thing, just pushing forward. And I, I just... I really love just how beautiful that game is. And it's just very very oh, subtly. Yeah. Again, not another game that just grabs you, slaps you in the face. It's just like, hey, here's this beautiful thing we created and then you can take from it what you want. And that's that's mm-hmm. I loved it every every second of it.
2: I really appreciate it too that it still was beautiful when there was no color. Yeah. And like, you know, it's it's hopeful that like, yes, you can go through these harrowing times, but look at what's around you. Like look what's within you. Like, I loved that game. It was so good.
1: (laughs) I've been trying to think of a, like, good example for myself that, like, has deeply impacted me. And it's very difficult. It's Mm -hmm. very difficult. Um, Yeah because like I, it would probably come from a book and I can't currently think of anything like I would have to go through my list and and find and find a book but an odd game like it's not gonna be like the exact choice but I really did like in I feel like there are characters who are done really well in dealing with things in dream Daddy that they deal a lot yes. with stuff like that uh that like dealing with masculinity and like relationships with your children and relationships with like your hobbies and like how you interact with people in that game it deals with a lot of different subjects that are like really nice to think about and like yeah i just i think i remember cuz i really liked dating craig that oh craig with... is number 1 <laughs> yeah cuz craig you deal with it a lot that he's like he pushes himself to just do everything mm-hmm. And you kind of, in your dating of him, teach him to take a moment and to try and slow things down and that you don't have to always be doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of characters in that that I, that I enjoyed the interactions with. Like you have interactions with your daughter and you have interactions with other different people and it's a, it's a very well well done way to portray that
0: and yeah i sorry really quick calling out dream daddy just a moment that i really liked is like how like you sit down and talk to your daughter about like the issues that she's having with her friends and like even though it's like oh this is like in the big spectrum of the world like this is a small problem it's still a problem to her and still having some like and you don't even solve that problem like you don't fix everything for her but having someone just to sit there and listen i think was like a very good way of showing like that whole it's like yeah this issue it's bothering me it's weighing on my mind but just having someone to sit and talk to and listen to the whole thing about like it's a very yeah. great way of showing I, that whole situation of being an ally for all of that in you.
1: Mm-hmm. I also remember the fact that when the game first came out, there was one achievement that like no one could get, which is the world's okayest dad, which is where you have to basically treat her like crap.
0: I, I You and just can't do it. it was so
1: hard. It was so, I remember that they had to like fix it so that there was a way you could get it because it's literally was next to impossible for people to be able to get it that achievement. And I was like, I never got it. I have every achievement in that game, but that. Yeah. yeah. Cause, Cause why I'm would you like, want to be
0: a shitty dad?
1: <laughs> I can't. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think that it's a, it's a, that game did a lot of things. Right. And I wish there was more games like it because mm-hmm. it's, it it takes that idea that yeah i think text is a good way to 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 talk about more complex emotions and stuff like that that yeah i wish it was more present in other things also yeah. now we're gonna have to make this game we're gonna have to make this game i've talked about <laughs> where it's using magic as a fighting with theme you you always sigh i think this is actually a good.
0: it's idea. a great I idea i have to sigh ideas. because of like our relationship i have to sigh but also i mean like as long as i get to be depressed and shoot fire out of my hands again like i will play that game
1: I just think that it's an excellent way, it's an excellent metaphor for the struggle that every day you have to go through with anxiety and depression that, like, like you could even have fighters in that. Like, fighters and monks and stuff don't have to deal with the same shit. Like, they don't have to constantly be dealing with a demon trying to take over their mind.
0: I mean like we're, we're trying to wrap it up but like that's actually something I that i realized is like very present in like anime a lot where like you have like the inner demon in you but then like it's always they conquer it if they you with that inner demon are like yeah. best friends or you just don't see the inner demon because you've conquered it it is just like to have something where it is still a constant struggle even if like you're like the max level with all of the powers like you still have to like struggle back and forth i think is a great way of showing it 'Cause sometimes you yeah. don't completely defeat the demon. Yeah. And fist bump him and at I the think, end of like, the series.
2: Yeah, something I would really like to see more of too with characters who port like are portrayed as like dealing with mental health is like I think I would love to see a character like go through the I know this is a little bit off topic, but like um I would love to see them go through the process of like acceptance for themselves yeah. for their like situation. Cause again, going back to the example of Zelda and Breath of the Wild, if you get the se- secret ending and like she turns around, she smiles at you, and she says, "But I think I'm okay with that." That for me, her saying that line after she just beat the shit out of like yeah. Ganon for like a hundred years, got reunited with like you know this like super important person in her life, and just to turn around and be like, "I'm okay with everything. Like I'm okay. I can't feel the power. I'm okay." Like that acceptance was a huge thing for me just being able to see like someone you know ground themselves not in a bad way but just in a way that's like I accept me I accept my situation and it's not always going to be that I'm this level of okay with it but today I'm okay with
1: it and 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 I want to see again that's mental health related, this this game that I'm pitching to you guys right now, <laughs> is mental health related but has a happy ending. Because I feel mm-hmm. like too often and I think it's necessary, like there's a lot of games where they're specifically about mental health, they tend to be very sad. <laughs> or particularly like delve into incredibly dark places usually with trauma and stuff like that it would be nice to have it be like this is a process learning it through that process going through that process getting to that acceptance stages and then maybe doing something else on the hero's journey before finishing up the game and finishing and being like i'm still here and struggling and i've accepted that and i'm gonna go do this other thing and then at the end, checking back in at that place and being like, yeah, we did something amazing and I'm having a good day and like there's still a struggle, but I'm here and I'm I'm surviving. And like that would that would be really cool. That would be really nice mm-hmm. to see. All right.
0: OK, I think now we are at the complete end of wrapping things up. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, Leah, it's never going to be an hour. It's never, ever going to be an hour. Uh, It was
1: such a good talk. (laughs) It was a good talk. It's fine. All
0: right, so as our usual wrap-up, let's everybody go around and say one thing they've been, I guess, either watching, reading, playing recently, and just, yeah, give a brief, quick talk about that. And Leah, you get to start.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, well, I'm in the middle of a bunch of things, so... A lot of them I've already talked about, like I've been reading still some Webtoons uh, that I really like. I've recommended another, other ones. The Ayers game is really good still. Um, I'm still watching Week to Week Cherry Magic, which is still just as good and basically has an asexual character. I would like to update everybody on this. It's it's a no. great show. Uh, it has awful title. Um, but the one today that I think is new since the last time we recorded is I finally... Started Shit's Creek. Oh, nice. After it literally everybody recommended it and I'm working on it. I, if you don't know, I have issues with a lot of comedy series because I can't deal with humiliation comedy. So I don't watch a lot of comedy, but I skip over some of the parts with Roland because they make me uncomfortable and just continue on. And so far, it's been really nice. It's been really nice. And I'm excited to keep watching it because I know everybody loves it. Um, yeah, that's... If you don't have it on your list, put it on your list. It's literally what... All of my friends can't stop talking about it. Like, that's everything, so...
0: good. Yeah, Cherry Magic.
1: Yeah. Don't... Don't. I know the title's bad. We all acknowledge that the title is literally the worst title on the planet, but the show is actually really
0: good. Uh, Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) Everybody, please go out and check out Cherry Magic.
1: Oh... (laughs)
0: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I I'm, I'm hate oh, myself. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Marietta, do you have one?
2: Uh, yeah, I guess like the stuff I'm consuming at the moment. So I'm on the last book of um, His Dark Materials, so the Amber Spyglass. Um, holy crap, that whole series so far has been like a trip. <laughs> um, and I'm like enjoying it. I, I've had this problem. I think, Leah, we've talked about this a few yeah. times where I used to be a really big reader in high school. And like since university, I've kind of like really tapered off my reading yeah um, mostly because we read so much other
1: yep. crap. That, like, <laughs> yeah, reading so for been... pleasure when you're an academic is next to impossible. It's oh, very yeah. sad. It's very yeah. sad. It really is. So
2: I'm kind of glad that you know I was able to kind of try and get this series like under my belt. Um, and it's been it's been really nice, like that's just cool. being able to sit down and like enjoy a good book. Um, but that's kind of on my radar at the moment. Um. I have been playing the shit out of the Age of Calamity like demo, like Zelda's almost max level, <laughs> like at the level cap of that demo, because who doesn't <laughs> want to beat people up with like random bullshit? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited for the game comes out in a week. Oh, awesome! I didn't know um, that. Soon. Yeah, it's coming out in like on November 20th, so like little less than a week. Um, and in terms of shows. Again, not really like mental health related, but I've been trying to finish um, the Clone Wars series, and it is so good. Like just the amount of like nuance they put in there in terms of war, Mm. and like what is the good side and what is the bad side. Like I I can't believe this is a kids show. (laughs) That's
0: that's what I've heard.
1: (laughs) When I get Disney Plus, finally, I'm I'm gonna. It's on my list, along with Impossible. We'll talk about this outside, but I've been thinking about Kim Possible a lot this week and it's definitely on my rewatch list. Mm
0: -hmm. I have way too many things on my watch list and way too little time to like actually focus on it and it's made even worse by the fact that I'm just like writing for another...
1: Giving yourself more projects? Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm writing for yet another project that I want to work on with a friend so it's just like it's my own fault because I keep making new projects. I'm like getting right back into music and stuff, and it's just like, woo! I'm music. never gonna have time to actually do like watch um, shows ever again. But um, the thing that I have been consuming—I mentioned it at the beginning of the show—and the thing I've been consuming, is just so hardcore. Already fifty percent through the game, but um, playing the new Spider-Man Miles Morales, and it is oh. the best thing I've played. Since the last Spider-Man game. Um, First of all, it's diverse as hell. Um, There's a deaf character who uses ASL. There's, like, just... Just every every color of person you would like to see in a game. There's just every walk of life. There's just LGBTQ is... Plus is heavily represented in it. And there's just so much just wonderful stuff going on. I got to a part where like I finished a bunch of side quests and like the last one, you have to go and pick up like a present for yourself in front of a giant Black Lives Matter mural. And I thought like them including that was really freaking awesome. And just the characterization of Miles Morales is great. Just like he's not a stereotype. He's not like, a white character with black skin. Like, he is a black character. He is smart. He is clever. He is just all-around awesome. And without, again, because when I first started playing it, I started tearing up, but I never thought I would ever be playing a game with the black Spider-Man. And, like, I grew up, I like, Spider-Man was my favorite hero growing up, and to, like, actually see him look like me and still be, like, the Spider-Man. Is amazing for me and i just every second of this game has been amazing and yeah no it's just i the, it's it's beautiful and like literally like i start, like i opened up was like just the interest of i like, started tearing up It's like this is beautiful <laughs> it's like this this is beautiful <laughs> diversity in video games has come a long way we have a black spider-man guys
2: and Yay. oh my gosh like how this speaks to representation of any kind in video yeah. games like you were just talking about like the new Spider-Man and I talked about how impactful Zelda's character was for me like it's it's not nothing it's, like
0: like it's yeah. so important it's yeah now more common to get non-white well non-white male characters in video games in like that's like not just as side characters like as actually like strong powerful characters in I, yeah, it's just it's 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 great, and I'm I'm glad, and I'm just excited to see where things go next because like it's mm-hmm. just beginning, and it's just like there's so many more areas to go, and I'm just loving every second. And that that's mine. I could talk for another like two hours just about Spider Man, but we don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey Leah, you got anything All else?
1: Right. I feel like I did at one point. I was like, oh, I'll say this in the thing. Well, we can check out our streams. How about check out our streams? We've been streaming on a decently regular basis. Uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, Jordan's Romance in the Iron Bull. Uh, check it out. We're having a good time.
0: I, okay, I I, uh, so I, I just got to say much about one thing because he said this yesterday. It's like, I like the game and I like playing the game. The one thing I don't like is talking to people in the game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's a large part. of the I game, know, but like you
0: know me, I don't. Also, that's the one thing about video games I don't like is like to me it comes to a screeching halt every time I have to have a full conversation with the character. But
1: that's what makes it so complex. I
0: know it, <laughs> that's what makes it complex, and that's the thing I hate about it. But like the whole Red Cliff yeah. like um, um, uh, mission, I guess you can call it. That was yeah, really cool, and then we go right back yeah. to just talking to people.
1: You also didn't have to. I know I didn't, but like I was determined to finish that whole. I talked to Dorian for 20
0: minutes.
1: (laughs) It's his own fault. Anyways, that's yeah, come check us out.
0: On something I guess zero zero at twitch.tv. Twitch.tv forward slash something I guess zero zero.
1: Yeah. Marianne, do you have anything you would like to plug at all? No? no that's
0: fine. check happen. out Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity coming out next week
2: not sponsored by Nintendo
0: <laughs> we are we are now, Nintendo Mar- is actually sponsored by Nintendo and that's why we had her on so we could get yep. better sponsors for this show
2: if Nintendo is like actually like listening to this like if you want to send me free stuff that's right? totally cool with me yeah
1: duh. oh my god anybody Nintendo. Nintendo. Marvel. Nintendo sponsoring someone? I will,
0: what? I will praise Spider-Man every episode if you want me to, Marvel. So please send us money. And like, no, don't even send don't us money. Really send friendly. us Spider-Man merch. No one the no other heroes. I don't saw. think we're Disney friendly. <sighs> so, this is
1: well, you are there. you saying we're not There's a
0: fucking Disney friendly podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And with that, I think it's good all to right, wrap all up. Right. Thank you guys for listening okay, to Evil. Yeah. Catch you later. Bye.
1: Bye.